Father, we have come here with our hearts and our minds and our soul and our spirit and our bodies and everything that is within us, oh God. We have come here for no other reason but to hear from you. We don't want to leave here the same way we came in. I know you have a word for us, oh God. But we don't want just to hear the word, oh God, but we want to do your word, oh God. Father, we want that word to penetrate deep within our soul, that it will cause a change, that it will cause a transfiguration, that it will cause a transformation in our souls, oh God. Father, that when we sit and we ponder on your word, oh God, Father, that we will realize, Lord Jesus, that you, oh God, it is you that have spoken and done this thing in our lives, that we don't walk the same way anymore, that we don't talk the same way anymore, that we don't live the same way anymore, that our lives now is, is, is completely just, just wrapped up and tangled up in you, Lord Jesus, and nothing else but you, Father. We don't want to leave here the same way we came in. We don't want to just hear a word and just say it was a good preaching or good Sunday. Father, we want that word to cultivate, to germinate, to bring forth fruit. thank God for another opportunity to be able to stand before his people and to break bread with you. Um, I give honor to our pastor. He is in Lynchburg this morning, breaking bread with the congregation over there. And I give honor to the leadership that is here today. And I thank God for you, you know, for allowing you to be here today, because if you're not here, we don't have church because we're the church, right? It's not the building, we're the church. So I thank God for you, 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 and you, for everyone being here today. God bless you. We have been discussing the thought or the, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The series of prayer since the beginning of this year in the course of this, we've been dealing with a series of prayer and the power that prayer has in a believer. The, pra- the power that the prayer, the power that prayer works in us who believe and pray. Amen. We've talked about the benefits that we get when we develop a relational existence with our maker. When we realize who we are in him by first knowing who he is. Amen? Once we know who he is, we recognize who we are in him. Amen? We have learned the thing that prayer can do. The reason why we pray. The reason why we seek after him. The reason why we are alive on this side of heaven. 
Prayer depicts the purpose of why you and I are here today. Without prayer, you will not be here. Amen? Without prayer, you and I will not be here. Living the life that we are living, walking in integrity, walking in righteousness, understanding who we are in Christ. Without prayer, we would not come to that. Prayer, when done according to the word of God, teaches us how to direct our conversation to our maker. There's a lot of people that pray. Buddhists pray. Muslims pray. Other religions pray. It's not just praying, but it's who we are praying to. It is who we are praying to. When we come to the understanding of who he is, then we understand that every prayer that we utter, he is not just listening. He is literally sitting at the edge of his seat waiting for you and I to talk to him. He is our father. And not only that, he is our Lord and he is our king. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Why? Because they saw him praying. Every turn that he had, he was praying. It wasn't always long prayers, but he was always praying. And they noticed that every time he spent time praying, the things that he does blew their minds. He could speak and things were changing. He could look and say, you know, uh, be healed. And, 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 and sickness just ran away. Sickness bowed to him. It didn't matter what it was. Things were happening around him that the, 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 the disciples were looking and they were like, man, the only thing we see this man doing is praying. With that prayer comes the power to be able to do the things that he is doing. There was a relational a relationship that he had with the father that every time he got down on his knees and he prayed, he was endowed with power to be able to do the things that he was doing. When they saw that, they asked him, Master, Lord, teach us how to pray. I am sure that they're probably asking him to teach how to pray because they also want that power to be able to also say, be healed and you are healed. Be delivered and you are delivered. Be set free and you are free. But God had a different plan for them because teaching them how to pray taught them how to be closer to God. Taught them how to have a relationship with God. He could have started and said, when you pray, you, and I, I think last time when I preached, I said this. He could have started and said, when you pray, just say, you know, creator of heaven and earth, maker of all things visible and invisible. The reason why we live, the reason why we exist. But he said, no, when you pray, you say our father. It develops a relationship. It allows you and I to know that we're not just coming to the creator of the universe, the maker of all things visible and invisible, the one who spoke the world into existence. We're not just coming to him as this huge big God that is so far removed from us uh, that we cannot relate to him. But we are coming to him as his children. That when we open our mouth to speak, he is ready. He is listening to answer. They said, teach us how to pray. And he taught them by telling them to pray in like manner. Not repeating what I am saying, but in like manner. Recognize the Father. Hallowed his name. Glorify his name. Worship his name. Lift his name high. 
realize that the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here already. Let the will that God has established in heaven, let it be done here on earth, in your life, in my life, in my situation, in my circumstances, in my position, in my reality. Let thy will be done. But the topic that we have today is, give us this day our daily bread. When I first read that, in my mind I was thinking, okay, bread, food. You know, we're asking God for provision, the things that we need. We are humans, and he knows that we have these needs, you know, to, to be able to live upon this earth. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond you and I physical needs. Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. If you're there, say amen. Bible said, according as his divine power had given unto us all, all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that had called us unto glory and virtue. He has given us all things that pertains to life. So there is nothing that you need that God doesn't know that you need that he has not already provided for you. The problem is a lot of us don't know the provision that God has for us because it says it comes to the knowledge of him. When you know him, you know his provision that he has for you. But when he was talking about um, give us this day our daily bread, it goes beyond the provision that we need on an everyday living. I looked at bread. And, and, and bread is a, is a staple to go back anything that the Israelites had. But not only that, you got to go back and think about when bread first was, was first established. And that was in the temple, in the tabernacle. When God asked Moses to, 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 to build a table and put the bread on there, the show bread on there. That bread was noted as the bread of presence. The presence of God. It was the bread that allowed the Israelites to know that they had a covenant with God. They had a promise with God that he will provide for them. No matter what their need was, he will provide for them. How does that apply to us now? That bread is his presence. The presence of God. When we ask God to give us our daily bread, we are not asking him for food and for provision. Because he already said, man shall not live by bread alone. We are asking him for his presence. We are asking him for him. Because when we have Jesus, when we have him, we have all the resources that we ever will need. Every resource. Whether it is grace that you need or mercy that you need. Whether it is love that you need. Whether it is joy. Whether it is peace. Whether it is provision. Physical provision. Whether it is healing. Whether it is deliverance or redemption or salvation. It is all wrapped up in him. 
When he taught his disciples to, 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 to pray, say, give us this day our daily bread. He was teaching them to say, give us this day your presence because I cannot move without you. This day that you have blessed me with, I cannot live it without you. If I try, I will fail. I don't just want your grace. I don't just want your, 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 your power. I, don't, I just don't want your resources. I want the source. I want that source. I want it to go with me. I want it to stay with me. I want it to walk with me. I want it to live with me. I want it to be with me. Because if I have it, I have everything. God wanted us to have an encounter with him that would change our lives. It would change our reality. A lot of the times, wherever our circumstances is where we live. You have to remember that the enemy has come to destroy our lives. To kill our joy and our peace and our love and the fruits that God has for us. And to steal Anything that will bring us happiness. But Jesus said, I have come that you will have life and have it more abundantly. What is this life? What is this life that he has come to give you? It is not just existence. It is not just to say that you are on this side of heaven. It is not, but it is to take him, take him, allow him to place his hand on you and wrap your hands around him. And every step you take, allow that life to be with you. Because when that life is with you, it is how it abounds. It is how it gets more. Because more of him is with you. Because now you're not worried about your circumstance, your reality, what you are dealing with. But you are focused on him. There was a man in the Bible. His name was Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a, was a man of a very short stature. Very short. Uh, the way that the Bible described him, I'm assuming that he was almost like, uh, um, like a, um, what is it? Uh, um, a, dwar- a midget. A, a, a dwarf. A, a, a little person. Here's the right word. A little person. You know, I am sure that when Zacchaeus was growing up, Zacchaeus' parents never thought that he was going to be a a man with a very short stature. I am sure that when he was in school and all his friends were were growing up and he realized that he wasn't coming up any, that he felt a little bit uh, uh, underappreciated or or, or just felt like he, he wasn't up to par. I am sure that as he was growing up and he became adult and he realized I'm still, you know, little. I'm still not growing. You know, you know four-year-olds are getting taller than me and, and, and six-year-olds are getting taller than me. I am sure he felt a little, uh, 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 um, little about himself. So Zacchaeus, being the man that he is, decided, you know, I'm going to make myself a little something. So he decided that he was going to be a tax collector. The Roman people were looking for someone to be a tax collector, and he became one of them. 
that means that he has to betray his own people. Take money, connive, manipulate, do whatever he had to do to collect stuff from them. Because the way that it worked back in the days is that whatever you collect, the Romans only needed a partial of it and the rest of it comes to you. So as much as he can collect from them, he can be rich. Gives them what they need, give to Caesar what Caesar needs, and give and keep the rest. He did this to the extent that the Bible called him a rich man. So that tells you that he was good at his job. He did everything he could and was good at his job. He had money. He was wealthy now. But he still was not happy because he did not have what he needed that bread that would sustain him, that life that would sustain him. He heard that Jesus was coming through his town one day. And he decided he was going to position himself at the right place that would allow him to catch a glimpse of this man that he's heard so much about. I was researching what a sycamore tree was. And it's a tree that grows so tall that it is very difficult for you to climb it. It doesn't have branches for you to get on it very fast or very easily. You have to want to climb a, a sycamore tree for you to climb it. It's like when I was in Ghana, people used to climb, uh, uh, um, no, not trees, um, coconut trees, yes. That thing is long and the only branch is at the top of it. But if you want the coconut, you will climb. The sycamore tree was almost like that. A very long tree and the branches were at the top of it. So you have to have a desire. You have to desire it and need to do something for you to climb that tree. He needed to see Jesus. He needed Jesus more than anything else. His money was not, it, it didn't mean nothing to him. His wealth did not mean nothing to him. At that point, moment, his stature didn't mean nothing to him. All he wanted was Jesus. He positioned himself in a place that when Jesus saw him, he said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today, today, I am coming to your house. The moment he got an encounter with Jesus, he was trying to say, oh, I have done bad. I am going to give away all the people's money that I have stolen. I will give it this, it's a, four, a hundredfold. I'll just give it all back. But Jesus said, you don't realize that the reason why I am in your house is not because of all the bad stuff that you have done. Because I come not to condemn, but to save. But the reason why I am in your house is because you are a child of Abraham. Today, we are children of Abraham. And he has positioned us in a place where if we have that desire, that need to just see him, to just grab a hold of him, to just take him with us and not let go. Not his resources, because the thing with it is he comes with his resources. But him, when you desire God more than anything else in your life, when you desire God more than anything else in your life, he comes with the resources. He comes with the blessings. 
He comes with the grace. He comes with the mercies. He comes with the love. He comes with the joy. He comes with that peace that you're looking for. He comes with that healing. He comes with the ability to change your circumstances. He comes with the ability to change your reality. Not just change it, but make you see who you are in him. Because when you realize who you are in him and realize that you are seated in the heavenly places and you're not just the person that you are right now, you're not just living... You're not just a sick person. You're not just a poor person. You're not just a, a, a mother. You're not just a father. You're not just a, a, a little girl. You're not just a little boy. You're not just who you are here on earth, but you are more. There is more that God has for you. And he, the thing with it is he has already established it. It is not anything that you have to work for. It is not anything that you have to strive for. He has already established it. He said, if you realize who you are, the power that works within you, the authority that he has given you because you are a child of God. If you recognize who you are, you just grab a hold of him and walk with him. That abundant life that he has promised you, the life that he has promised you, it will continue to abound it will abound over and over and over again. David said it best when he said, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. The thing that God has put in me, it just runs over. Because that life, you have to understand the relationship that David had with Jesus. With, 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 with Jesus. He had a relationship that, that, that would not be broken by anything. When he recognized the issue that he had done, the thing that he had done, that, knew, that he knew would separate him from God, he said, no, no matter what, take away everything. Take my kinship, take my son, take my everything, but don't take your spirit from me. Don't take your spirit from me. Don't take you from me. You are more important. You, God, are more important than anything else in my life. Take it all. Just don't take you. Let me have you. Because if I have you, I have everything. If I have you, I have everything. Give us this day our daily bread. I didn't even tell you what scripture that came from. It came from Luke chapter 11 verse 3. Give us this day our daily bread. That bread is the life the life that you seek after, that you and I should desire after more than anything else. That life, because when you have it, it really will abound. It will increase. It will increase in every aspect of your life. And you will see it. You will see the changes. You will see it because God will not come into your life and you don't see anything. You don't see changes in every aspect of your life, not just one area, every aspect of your life. You will see it. You will see in the way you move, in the way you talk, in the way you act, in the way you behave, even in the way you relate to other people. You will see it every day. And that's what he wants. Because one day we are going to transition. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That means one day we're going to go somewhere. Right? We're going to go somewhere. And when you get there, there has to be a relationship that you have already developed with the father. Because he is the master over there. 
He ought to be the master over here too. In your life. In my life. No matter what is going on. No matter what is going on in our life. Amen. John chapter 6 verse 35. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Everyone that thirsts and hunger after me shall be filled. Everyone that thirsts and hungers after me shall be filled. Today, my question for you is, do you have that life? Do you have Jesus? Are you holding on to him? Or are you focused on you and your situation and what you're dealing with? Like Peter, if you take your eyes off of him, you will drown. If we take our eyes off of him, we will drown. But if we keep our eyes on him, no matter what is going on, no matter what is going on, he has the ability. He has the ability. He spoke the world into existence. So your problem is minuscule. It's, it's, it's nothing to him. He spoke the world into existence. So your problem and my problem is nothing to God. He can bring you out of it without even blinking. But the question is, do you have him? Do you have him? Do you have him? If you don't, I will pray and beg and plead with you to grab a hold of Jesus. Grab a hold of Jesus. Grab a hold of Jesus. Very soon, and I feel it in my spirit more and more, very soon, that sky is going to crack open, the trumpet of God will sound, and we will be raptured up. But the question is, do you have Jesus? It is not time to play around. We don't have time to play around or to wonder if you do or if you don't. You have to be sure that you do. It is important. Like Zacchaeus, you have to desire it more than anything. It can't it can matter whether you are rich or poor, whether you are a man or woman, whether you are a preacher or not. It shouldn't matter. The only thing that should matter is if you have Jesus. Do you have Jesus? Give us this day, you. Nothing else but you. Because when we have you, we have everything. When we have Jesus, we have everything. You have everything. You have everything. Everything. And I want you to think about all the things that you're needing and you're praying for. When you have Jesus, you have everything. You have everything. 
but he wants you to focus on him. Because when you focus on him, you have everything. He comes with all of it. He comes with all of it. I can't stress that enough because that's what he was stressing in my spirit. He comes with all of it. If you have him, if you grab a hold, if you stay in him, if you look to him, if you focus on him and don't take your eyes off of him, if you have Jesus, you have everything. So when you get down on your knees and you're praying and you get to the place where you say, give us, give me, give my family, give my church, give my job, give whatever. Give us you. You. I want you. I want you in my job. I want you in my church. I want you in my life. I want you in my marriage. I want you in my family. I want you in my children. I want you, you, you. Nothing else but you. Because when I have you, I have everything. Please rise.